0: The views and opinions expressed in Cold and Missing are exclusively those of the hosts. All parties mentioned are considered innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Cold and Missing also contains adult themes and languages and is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Cold and Missing. I'm your host, Allie.
1: I am your co-host, Eli.
0: And... Welcome. This is our first episode. This has been a brainchild of mine for a very long time, but I'm very excited to be bringing it to life. So, no matter when you're listening to this, thank you so much for being here and being interested in this work. Um, Here at Cold and Missing, we want to cover exclusively cold cases and missing person cases. So, no solved crime. We're not going to be digging up. Um, skeletons, so to speak, of the past. Um, We want to focus on unsolved, unresolved cases and try to bring peace to people and try to generate new tips and keep these stories in people's minds. Um, A lot of these you may have never heard of, Um, trying to focus on small town crime, um, people that maybe don't get a lot of media coverage, um, we probably will not be covering Jean-Benet Ramsey here, but we're going to be covering a lot of smaller cases, interesting cases that deserve just as much of attention as any of the other big unsolved cold cases or missing person cases out there. Eli and I, we live in Chicago, um, and I am I am from this area, and Eli is from Michigan. So,
1: do they know that I'm your husband?
0: Oh no, we didn't mention that.
1: Well, I'm, I'm the husband.
0: He's my hubby. <laughs> <laughs> so just some, like, stats about cold cases that I was able to kind of dig up. And these are all kind of current as of 2021. Currently, there are over 21,000 missing person cases. Um, and those are just what's recorded out there. That's what's reported. We know that... 21,000? Um, 21,000, over 21,000.
1: Of just missing?
0: Just missing persons. People, and again, these are just like reported cases. So, you know, there are a lot of instances where police maybe don't want to take a missing person report, where they maybe drop the ball. So these are just reported in the system cases. So we know that there's more people missing out there than these over 21,000. And something that I found sad and interesting um 40 percent of those cases are over 20 years old so Mm. 40 percent like for over 20 years there's just been no resolution no ending just this unanswered question of like where is my loved one and that's really sad like people Deserve to know where their loved ones are, even if they have passed on. They deserve to know that, um, without doubt.
1: Do you think that that statistic exists because of the time period that the crimes, or murders, or kidnappings, like because of the time period that it that they happened in?
0: yeah i i think that age does play into it a little bit um you know for so long like missing kids were just considered runaways you know like they they wouldn't take reports for you know a missing child in the 70s if they thought the kid was like a bad kid and would run away you know like so i think that does play into this is how because being a missing being a missing person it's not a crime right like And if you're over 18, you're allowed to just go without telling anybody. So, it is sometimes difficult for police to walk that line of, like, letting somebody have their freedom of, like, you're allowed to get up and disappear if you really want to. Like, you're allowed to do that. But also, you're leaving behind people who are worried about you. And don't they just deserve to know that, like, you're okay? And then um, the top 10 states for missing people um, are California, Texas, Alaska, Arizona, New York, Washington, Oklahoma, Tennessee, and Michigan. Um, Michigan? Michigan. No. Yeah. I felt, what I found interesting is outside of Oklahoma and Tennessee... All the other states are, like, kind of on the border of, like, Canada or Mexico or, like, on the ocean. You know what I mean? Like, they, it's, like, easy exits from the United States. I, I kind of thought that Yeah, was all
1: of those states are, like, coastal.
0: Yeah. It, in,
1: in one way or another.
0: Right, with the exception of Oklahoma and Tennessee. But then the top ten cities uh, for missing—this is just for missing people—are um, Los Angeles, Um, Houston, Phoenix, Dallas, San Francisco, McAllen, Texas.
1: So a lot of California and Texas, like states that stay warm
0: year-round. Yeah, Oklahoma City, Miami, Memphis, and Detroit. That rounds out the top ten. I thought McAllen, Texas was kind of interesting, though, because I didn't recognize the name of that town off the top of my head. Um, So it's interesting that this town is in the top 10 cities of missing people. So that's kind of why cold and missing is created. I, in my uh, professional life, I'm a researcher and when I come home, I like to relax, kick back and uh, read old newspaper articles about missing people and cold cases. Um, Relax. (laughs) That's how I relax. So... I just I really want to be part of the solution and keeping and half the battle is just keeping people's names in the media and keeping their names out there so this is just like my one small part and like all this research that I do on my own it does no good just like sitting in my head and in my notebooks like I should put it out there because they like somebody listening out there knows something for one of these cases that we're going to touch on. They might know the person that's missing. They might know something about the cold case, and it's been years, and now, you know, circumstances have changed, and maybe they can talk now. And this is just a reminder um, that these people are not forgotten, and it's not going away. Like, we're going to report every week on a new cold case or a new missing person, and um, we're going to just try to get some answers for people. So we are going to be learning about Alma Mendez. This is a cold case that happened in 2007 um, in the city of Chicago Heights, which is in Cook County, which is Chicago's county. So it's very close to Chicago. It's about 30 miles from downtown Chicago. Very kind of middle, lower class, the census of 2010 had like the median income as like 43,000, so like very blue collar, very working class, um, and relatively small, like a population of 30,000. October 28, 2007, we find ourselves at Sauk Trail Woods, which is a nature preserve um, within Chicago Heights. And Alma Mendez is 38 years old. She's a mother of three. Uh, She works as an office manager for a dental office in a nearby town. Her friends describe her as a girly girl, always put together, quiet and kind, a very sweet laugh, a wonderful friend and mother. Um, And at the time of her murder, she was just a few weeks shy of becoming a grandmother. Her first grandchild was born just a few weeks after her murder. Mm -hmm. So she, I know, she was, like, really in this, like beautiful time of her life like she has these three beautiful children and then she was about to become a grandmother um yeah and she's just nobody had like a bad thing to say about her she was just described as being um very sweet so on October 28th of 2007 Alma drove to the Sock Trail Woods to take her daily jog so there's a jogging path there that's um like 3.5 miles that's like a 5k right mm-hmm. yeah so like a full like path um and she had been jogging here every day for 10 years is what people say so she is incredibly fit in my opinion to be able to like go to the woods every day and jog um essentially like a 5k um every day for 10 years like that's incredible. Um, and it should be noted that on October 28th, um, she was jogging in the afternoon, but that was, like, outside of her routine. Her routine was she went to the woods in the morning to do her jog. But, like, on this day, the day that she went missing, she went jogging in the afternoon.
1: Do we know why? mm
0: We don't know why. It, nobody um, has mentioned anything about mm. why this change in her routine So Alma was last heard from between 1.30 and 2 o'clock p.m. She made two phone calls on her way to the trail. So the first phone call was to her sister, Jessie. And they talked until about 1.20 p.m. And so according to her sister, Jessie, everything was normal and there was no abrupt ending. Um, She wasn't like hurried off the phone or anything. And her sister actually ended the call because she had some visitors at her home. Um, her sister tried to call her back 30 minutes later, so this would be around 1.50ish, um, but she never answered. Her sister was not worried at the time because she knew she was on her way to take her daily jog, so she didn't think it was weird that she that Alma didn't pick up her phone. Um,
1: Wait, so the sister knew that she would be jogging in the afternoon on this day?
0: Yeah, so that was established that... She was calling her sister. Her sister knew she was on her way to a jog, so that's why she didn't find it weird that she didn't pick up when she tried to call back because she was like, she's jogging,
1: you know. Do we know why she didn't jog that morning? No. Okay.
0: No, we don't know. So then after she hangs up with her sister, Alma calls her friend Star Garcia. Um,. And Star is a very close family friend, but um, Star didn't pick up, and a voicemail was left. Um, according to Star, in the voicemail, Alma said she had, quote, something important to ask, but nothing else unusual was said, and she didn't indicate what she had to ask, so she didn't know. Um, so we don't know what she wanted to ask Star. Um, and star also said that she sounded normal and wasn't hurried off the phone so it's not like there was a, an abrupt ending to the voicemail there was just the question or the statement that she had something important to ask her and then that's it and that's the last time that anybody hears from her is this voicemail that's left because remember her sister calls back at 150 but she doesn't pick up okay So, at this point, we know that she makes it to the woods. We know that she makes it to Sock Trail. Um,
1: How do you know that? Because of the cell phone?
0: Well, there were witnesses, um, because this is a pretty popular, like, path. And so, she was last seen in her um, blue jogging suit, jogging on the bike trail, or on the jogging trail. So, witnesses saw her on the path jogging. So later that night, so this is around six o'clock on October 28th, um, Alma was not returning her son's phone calls, which was very unusual. Like if her children called, she always got back. That seems to be the norm. Um, so around six, he calls his aunt, Alma's sister. Um, this, is, this is not the sister she talked to earlier. This is her other sister, um, Maria. So her son calls Maria and asks her if, you know, do you know where my mom is? Can you look for her? And so they go to Sauk Trail because they know that she was jogging and they find her car there. Um, it's at the nature preserved and the car was locked. There was nothing strange um, on the inside of the car or the outside of the car. Um, that's reported at this time. So Maria and her husband... So almost...
1: Can I ask a a question? Yeah. Was it normal for her to drive to this trail?
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, From my understanding, it seems like it would be normal. And while Chicago Heights is, you know, really close to Chicago, it is more suburban. So, like, you would drive from place to place as opposed to, like, walk like you would here. Okay. Um... So, Maria and her husband, Alma's sister and brother in law, they decide to drive the jogging trail um, in their car to see if, like, she was hurt. Like, did she fall, hurt her ankle, pass out? You know, did something happen? So, they drive the path, the jogging path, in their car, calling out her name. You know, they're going slowly because cars aren't supposed to be on there. It's a jogging path. Um, And they don't find her they don't see her they don't see any sign of her so by 8 p.m that night um they filed a missing persons report and police and dozens of family members searched the preserve all night um there are some contradicting reports but it seems that it went as late as like 5 a.m so they were there all night in this nature preserve searching Mm. um so police also brought dogs in that night and they began searching with dogs um around ten o'clock on Saturday night.
1: Were the dogs looking for were they just following like her scent? Or yeah were they they're looking for like a body. A dead body, I guess.
0: From the newspaper reports I read, it seems like they um were looking for her. They weren't. Not, they didn't have cadaver dogs. Like they weren't specified as cadaver dogs. They were just like search and rescue dogs. So okay. at this point, I would think that they're still looking for
1: her. Someone who is alive.
0: Yeah, and maybe hurt. Um, because the nature preserve is really big. This like jogging path, um, that like kind of goes around a lake. Um, is what just.
1: State is it in Texas?
0: No, this is in. Illinois, Chicago. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. Um, so, just like the jogging path is just one small section of it. Um, so, they were expanding to the entire nature preserve looking for her. So, then this is Sunday, October 29th. You know, they basically search through the night, um, but the search officially begins again at 7 a.m. at daybreak um, on Sunday morning. And went all day. So police brought dogs again to search. And they also utilized um, a helicopter over the preserve. Mm. And the family continued to organize and search for her through the night. um, And there was still no sign of her. So now we're getting into Monday, I believe. This is October 30th.
1: Yeah, because she went missing Saturday. Yeah. Sunday was the morning search. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, Monday.
0: So now we're on Monday. Um, The search started at daybreak again, um, and this is the day they find her body. Um, Oh, no. So around 2 p.m., they found her body floating in the northeast corner of the pond, um, and she was found floating just yards from the jogging path. So she was about 15 feet from the bank, from the bank of the trail, and then um, 20 feet from the jogging path. Wow. Um,
1: was she? Do. Do we know if she was face up or face down?
0: We don't. Um, her mm-hmm. friends were the first to see her. Um, they just started shouting, it's her, it's her. And in a panic, um, the searchers were trying to, like, fish her out with branches before the police were able to, like, step in and, you know, um, process her body. Because mm-hmm. they wanted to get her out of the water, obviously. It's horrifying. Um But, you know, the police had to, like, go in and photograph and do, you know, all the procedural evidence stuff. Um, So, they started panicking. Um, And she was fully clothed and still wearing the blue jogging suit that she was last seen in. So, we're going to get into, like, kind of some of the autopsy results and some of the things that I've kind of pieced together. So... Since it's a cold case, we don't know all the details. Obviously, the police keep some things um, close to the chest. So that way, you know, when they have a suspect, they have some information that, like, you know, only the killer would know. So not every detail is out there. Um, But since this happened in 2007, in reading through every newspaper article every online article i could find there are some pieces of information that have kind of been dropped through the years so um we're gonna start in 2007 and then kind of move to more current with information Mm -hmm. so her autopsy results revealed that she had multiple blunt trauma injuries to the head um and newspapers say the attack was brutal like it's Quoted as using the word brutal. So, like, it was bad. What Like, what really happened.
1: So someone, like... Really hurt her. Yes. Before they... Presumably killed her.
0: Yes. So... Okay. She had those multiple blunt force traumas to the head. And then her throat was cut several times. Oh. Um and there were no signs of sexual assault. So, that's all the information that came out in 2007. Okay. In 2008, police asked the public for any information on a small two-door truck last seen around the time of her disappearance. Witnesses saw the truck on the trail, which was highly unusual because like I mentioned before, it's a jogging trail and vehicles aren't allowed on there so it was yeah it's like
1: driving a a vehicle like on the beach it looks and is out of place
0: totally yes so um a year after her death police asked for information about this you know small gray truck and then in 2011 her sisters were interviewed And her sisters revealed that she was actually ran over first, according to detectives, and then her throat cut and then placed in the water. So somebody drove their truck onto the path, ran over her, which... I I don't know if that is, like, causing the trauma oh, wow. to yeah. the head.
1: Is that just, like... Is it just, like, a simple case of, like, a hit and run? See... And then they covered it up.
0: That's what I thought, but her throat was slashed several times.
1: Yeah, but if they're panicking and...
0: I don't know. I don't know if you panic. That's also...
1: Yeah, that's also... I know this is a problematic word, but that's, like... That's crazy behavior to...
0: Okay. Yeah, like it's it's one thing to like accidentally drive your truck onto a jogging path, you know, like whoops, sure, like maybe it happens, right? Like it it can happen. It's another thing to maybe then go speeding around, like yeah, you know to you're to keep going. To keep going yeah. to hit somebody and then panic so you cut their throat a couple of times yeah, it like yeah it's like maybe but like that just seems so brutal like yeah to quote you know what the newspaper article says. like it's brutal like if she was ran over and then somebody cut her throat and then put her in the water like that's it's fucked up you know like that's fucked up
1: it sounds like a I don't mean like a crime of passion but like intentional in in the way that like someone knew the the person who did this knew her yeah or they're just like a you know like a deranged murderer or serial killer but
0: that only did this once, once. Yeah. yeah which doesn't really track um So, in 2008, police felt very confident that the case would be closed soon. So, that was 2008, and we are now in the year 2022, and the case is still open, so it has not been closed. Um, And it is known that Alma had been under stress in the weeks leading up to her murder, so her mother had suffered a brain aneurysm months before, so she was actively taking care of her mother. Mm. Um, And then this is a very interesting fact. Um, She had separated from her husband of 19 years, three weeks before her death.
1: Wow. That's, that's very interesting. Has he been questioned? Is he a person of interest? Is that no?
0: So he was never publicly named a person of interest, but um, his alibi was reported in the newspaper, and it's um, his alibi is that he was with his family all day.
1: So it's a solid alibi.
0: Yes, I. Or is there like evidenti? That's the thing. We we don't know, and I don't think we will know unless this person is brought to justice. Um, Because, you know, like, a family can lie for you, and, you know, that is something um, that has happened in the past. I don't know that it's happening here. Um, But it obviously is interesting that after 19 years together... um, you know this separation happens and then we have this very what feels like personal crime of um, you know being run over and your throat slashed and then being put into the water um, yeah uh, that was um, interesting to me and um, and the fact that the police felt confident in 2008 that it would be solved unless they were just, like, you know, singing to the crowd to appease them. Um, it makes me think that maybe they have somebody, but maybe just don't have all the evidence to really bring the case yet, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, something that has definitely put me on a... Watch list, um, something that I Googled was how long does it take a dead body to float, essentially? And um, I actually learned about these like really cool, um, like retired folks. Their name is Gene and Sandy Ralston. (laughs) And they,
1: Gene and Sandy,
0: Gene and Sandy, basically what they do, they are like the premier, like underwater body rescue people in the nation. Like, they get called in by police departments. This, like, retired couple, they just, like, go in their little motor home. (laughs) And they don't charge anything for their services. Like, missing people um, or people who have drowned were... Their families haven't been able to recover their body will, like, ask them to come and look for their loved ones or to, like, look in a lake. And they don't charge for their services. They only charge for, like, their travel fees just for Mm -hmm. them to get there. But they were experts at finding drowning victims and then the FBI actually called them in for their first homicide because, like, their reputation was so well-known for finding these drowning victims. The FBI was like, come work with us. Um, so the the case that the FBI called them in on was, like, some kidnappings um, that they thought might be, like, linked to, like, Russian mafia. Um, but basically these bodies were assumed to be at the bottom of this lake Hmm. and Gene and Sandy they actually found the first body on their own because they got up to search before everybody else so like they got there and they're like let's get to work and like just went out on their own and found the first body that like the FBI had been looking for for weeks so like (laughs) they were just out there before breakfast and they were like we got it
1: Gene and Sandy Gene
0: and Sandy but um, in reading about them I learned that after death, the body fills, you know, with gases as the body breaks down, and it's mostly in the stomach and chest, creating a balloon effect. Um, so, it takes between two to three days um, for a body that has been put in the water or for a drowning victim to resurface naturally, you know, using this, the gases, Mm. um, you know, if it's winter time and the water's especially cold, it could take five to seven days for the body to come up. But, um, overall it's two to three days and that would track for Alma, you know, for her, dying on October 28th, that day that she went missing, going for her daily jog, Right. it makes sense that her body was then found two days later, almost 48 hours, you know, um, it seems like her body came up around um, 2 p.m. that day that they found it, which would have been almost 42 hours after she was last seen um, at the jogging trail. Okay. Um, but that is all we have for Alma. She is considered a cold case. Um, it doesn't appear that there's a detective actively on it. When I went to go see, like, you know, if anybody has any... Um, tips or knows anything about this when I went to go try to find the detectives information to include here. um, It just sent me to like an online form to like fill out tips. Um, But the Cook County non-emergency number is 847-635-1188 if you know something um, about what happened to Alma. Um, Her children, her grandchildren, they all deserve to have answers and to know what happened to her. And she deserves to have justice and for somebody to answer for what they did to her. Like, she deserves that. She was a good person. She was a good mother. Um, she
1: Even if you're a shit person, like...
0: Yeah, everybody deserves Everyone
1: deserves to be, like, recognized In passing
0: Yes, and, like, if Somebody, you know Intervened and did something to, like Make you pass before Your natural time, then, like Everyone deserves an answer for that Everyone, Mm -hmm. like Everyone should have to say I did that, you know, like Somebody has to own up and, like, explain Their actions, like, that You know, that's that's what needs to happen here um
1: can we give them the number one more time
0: yes so the non-emergency number for cook county is 847-635-1188 and the sources used um for today's podcast. Um, They come from the Chicago Tribune, the South Town Star, the Times, cbsnews.com, and the Cook County Sheriff Department website. Thank you so much for joining us. Again, it means the world that you're here, that you're listening, that you're interested. I hope you found it as interesting as I did in researching it, and hopefully together we can bring almost some justice. Um, if you like what you heard here, you can follow us on Instagram at cold and missing. Um, and please like and subscribe. I hear that really helps a other like people. And subscribe. <laughs> I hear that really helps other people find us and the more ears we have on this listening the closer we get to justice. So, thank you so much for being here. Have a great rest of your week.